Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Anjaniya. While consumption and production drive the economy, they rely on natural resources in a manner that is destructive for the environment. The aggressive focus on the economy over the past few decades has been accompanied by alarming ecological destruction. How does what we consume impact the planet and can altering individual consumption habits change that? All Indians Matter. We have on the show Akshata Bhadranna, who along with her husband Rahul Pagad, co-founded Dopalji, which sells eco-friendly and recycled products. Their crusade was sparked when, after living abroad for several years, they returned to Bengaluru to find their neighborhood strewn with plastic waste and an increasing number of trees being chopped in the name of progress. Thus began a journey to reduce consumption and therefore the waste they produce and to make their home plastic-free. So their cutlery was the excess their parents had and the storage boxes they purchased were switched to steel and glass. The plastic generated at home was recycled and the organic waste composted. Soon, the waste the couple generated was reduced by more than 70%. Encouraged, they started Dopalji in September 2018 to retail green alternatives from bamboo toothbrushes and natural loofahs to newspaper pencils and reusable straws, eventually becoming product designers and manufacturers of eco-friendly alternatives personal consumption choices they showed can make a difference. And that's what we'll talk to Akshata about on this episode. Welcome to the show, Akshata. Thank you so much, Ashraf. Uh, thank you for the opportunity and for thinking about topology. We are very excited to be here and I hope we have great conversations. I'm sure we will. Akshata, could you explain how much the average middle class Indian consumes on a daily basis and how that impacts the planet? Okay. So, uh, from birds. Uh, I point of view, if you see, most of you tell most of them uh, tell you that the issue is uh, they are the greenhouse gases that are coming from the industries or it's the abandoned use of plastic. But if you really see, right, it's about what we do every day. Each of us, the billions of us in India, what we do every day matters a lot. Like for example, see, uh, on an average, an Indian uses electricity, water. Uh, there's clothes we wear, the food we eat, all this matters, right? So I want to I wanna share a very important uh, uh, statistic that's there. So uh, on an average, right, an Indian uses 5.7 kilowatt hour per day of electricity, 150 to 200 liters of water, and generates 0.1 to 0.5 kg of waste every day. So... There's greenhouse gases and pollution right there. And we haven't even spoken about the clothes we wear. And that, and we are 1.3 billion people. <laughs> like you <laughs> multiply that and you'll know. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even include the clothes we wear, uh, the travel that we do by bus, car or by aeroplane, or even the plastic that we use every day from toothbrushes to plastic bags. I haven't included any of it. And you'll still see that there's, there's so much uh, pollution and so much harm that we're causing to the planet just by the everyday activities that we're doing. Uh, you know, as a struggling middle-class Indian, uh, we sort of focus uh, a lot on making it that day. Like we want to live a better life uh, today than yesterday. And that's what we're focusing on. And, uh, you know, we have forgotten that these actions could actually have an impact on the environment. If you talk to your uh, grandparents, they would, of course, say how uh, how well they lived with nature compared to us, right? So this is what we talk about, that, uh, uh, 
you know as uh, i'm sorry like i'm i i usually have a lot that's of thoughts not... that's running in that's my fine, head when fine. i'm talking <laughs> one thing so uh actually like uh, being an uh, indian middle class uh, indian myself middle class indian myself i really understand because i'm trying to live better tomorrow but it is very difficult for me to think about environment so there's a lot that we do every day that really affects uh nature absolutely in fact a recent report by the mahindra group said four out of five indians are aware of the impact of the actions on nature and climate change while 83% expressed an interest in making lifestyle changes so what changes can we bring to our daily lives to reduce the stress on the environment quite frankly this report made us really happy uh because there's a lot of indians who are uh, happy but it also made us sad for the reason that they are very aware but nobody wants to execute and bring it uh to actions as such so the one the first thing that we actually uh, tell everybody to do when you want to start the eco friendly journey is to do a waste audit uh you know do an audit in your house as to uh what what are the things that you consume what is the waste that is created what is the plastic waste that is created and how you can reduce it slowly so there's never one solution to this problem quite frankly whoever selling you that is blatantly lying to you uh, because we can fight this climate crisis only if we look at it from a very holistic way that i have to solve this issue by taking different steps so the one thing when you start the audit or when you do the audit in your house there'll be a lot of things that you will want to change for example you will switch your plastic toothbrushes to bamboo toothbrushes or even carrying a cloth bag could matter a lot right slowly you'll start this and uh, being eco friendly is never an overnight thing you cannot just wake up one day and say okay i'm going to be eco friendly starting tomorrow you will start from there but it'll continue like for example you take me when i started i was very focused on taking off all the plastic that's there replacing it with non plastic items but now uh, quite recently a year back i started taking bath with just half a bucket of lukewarm water uh, in in many ways reducing the water consumption i have switched my skincare products to everything that's in glass bottles so it's a journey the eco friendly is a journey i i can tell you 100 things that you can do but i would say start with not it and eventually take it that, that's a very important point being eco friendly is a journey it's not a flip that you uh, a switch that you flip right in fact uh, ashita people are switching to eco products and we've seen that happening slowly but it's not a major trend yet what was happening do you think that's actually making a difference quite frankly i would say yes uh, this is something that we say often everything that you do really matters even if it's the smallest thing uh people switching to eco alternatives is a great amazing thing uh because the which has led to many positives i would say one is there's reduced consumption of products that are harmful to the earth two it has led to many more uh, ecopreneurs starting their journey which has led to more businesses come around environment and starting these products so the more that you consuming it's good but at the same time i would want to say that uh, being eco friendly is not about just making the switch like i will not go from a, a plastic item to a non plastic item but for you to eventually grow to be more mindful and conscious in the sense that say i have a very new uh, 
plastic toothbrush. The point of being eco-friendly is to not throw it away and buy a bamboo toothbrush, but to use that plastic brush to the extent that you cannot use it anymore. Conscious is also about, uh, you know, what does the material uh, come from? Like, where is it coming from? What is it made of? What is the impact of the earth? So all this uh, also is something that very much you need to think about. So it's great that people are using eco-friendly eco products, but I also hope that there'll be more to it than just the switch of buying one thing from another. Absolutely. You know, uh, Akshata, climate, the environment, sustainability, these have been the buzzwords over the past 10 or 15 years. But do you believe there's enough real awareness about how individuals' consumption choices are hurting the planet or even an urge to alter those choices even when they are aware? Uh, I would say a yes and a no. Uh, for this too, because there is awareness uh, in terms of uh, the need to be eco-friendly, specifically with millennials and uh, Gen Z. You would see them talking about uh, being eco-friendly a lot. And I love that there are others who are following them because it's a buzzword and it's fashionable to be eco-friendly right now. I will take it. It's definitely okay. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there are also people and brands who are selling them that there is this one solution to climate crisis or one solution to climate change or one solution to keep the nature safe, uh, which is either like you shift, you become a vegan or you choose to have an electric vehicle or you decide to compost at home or by waste segregation and everything. Uh, quite frankly, there is, Again, like I said, there's no one solution to fighting this. We have to do so many multiple things along with that. What I really hope is there'll, there'll also be awareness built and knowledge built on telling people that there are different ways to it and attention is drawn. Uh, because as uh, entrepreneurs ourselves, we fight not only uh, the idea of uh, building awareness, but also we have greenwashers, people who sell you products saying they're eco-friendly. And we have to fight and give you enough information. So although they are buzzwords, I hope the, uh, the consumers become more inquisitive, start asking more questions. Right. And so speaking of asking more questions, the study I quoted earlier says that the biggest barrier is the lack of alternatives that are not just sustainable, but also affordable. So that's an important point. How do you tackle that problem? Um, again, I would say the bigger problem more than cost is awareness. Uh, this was one of the reasons we started Dupology to, to solve this problem, to bridge the gaps uh, between affordability and accessibility of the products. Uh, but uh, it's the awareness, like people don't know what are the echo alternatives available uh, in the first place for them to even shift. So we have a very open mindset amongst people, amongst Indians, amongst middle-class Indians, quite frankly, to adapt to being eco-friendly, but they're not aware. Okay, these kind of products are available locally or they're uh, in India, uh, and I could access it easily. So, uh, you know, that's one thing that I would talk about. And then the, the logic, the same logic of the demand and supply. So then when there's more demand of these eco-friendly products, they'll automatically be, uh, you know, better supply and lower costs. Why I tell you is, for example, when we started Apology, we were selling bamboo toothbrushes, uh, which then costed in 2018 at 320 rupees. And we were the lowest who were selling at 70. Now you'll find the bamboo toothbrush for 50 rupees. 
so the logic is that so the more people get aware the more people use it the the prices will automatically come down yeah so awareness leads to demand which then leads to affordability as you say correct uh, i know you've spoken a, a little bit about the next question that i'm going to ask you but if you could elaborate a little more on it uh, low, low carbon lifestyles aren't just about changing products like you said it's also about also about changing practices simple things like switching off the lights when you leave a room dual flush systems led bulbs could you sort of expand on that very rightly said ashraf i'm i'm really glad you spoke about it uh, again uh, because for the reason that a lot of people are being sold this one solution Uh, to everything so low low carbon lifestyle is a journey uh, you can never do this in one day it will take you constant learning unlearning and also observing and noticing that okay you're you're you didn't think about this or uh, you didn't think that you could change this like you were talking it's a basic switching off of lights which we don't think about uh, we're just roaming around even um, even the google searches we do has has carbon footprint to it you wouldn't realize that initially but eventually you will get to that yes. so start slow and additionally i want to say uh, when you be- when you become eco friendly right there's something called eco anxiety that you feel a lot because you might be the one trying to make changes and there be around there be a lot of people who will say why are you doing it stop irritating us to you know not stressing out and taking it slow is very 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 important and uh, know that until you feel better you can never do good for nature or anybody else uh, let's not forget uh, akshata that india is only now coming into, into its own in the economic sense it's been 30 years or so since liberalization happened so that's a very small period of time in a country's history so there is a culture and aspiration angle too right the indian middle class has woken up to prosperity fairly recently like i said so it wants gas guzzling cars it wants more clothes than it needs it wants to travel and consume more this is something the more affluent parts of the world have been doing long before us so how do we balance aspiration and responsibility ashraf i really want to appreciate you for including this question because uh, quite often we don't talk about this we strongly believe that there cannot be an environmental justice unless there's a social justice involved too and uh, uh, quite frankly it's it's the capitalism that has sold us this thought that you know being rich is about buying more spending more having more showing off more uh, being affluent doesn't mean you need to do all this right uh, which i think we eventually learn as we grow up uh, initially it is about the brand uh, that we are wearing and the places we are going this is all total capitalism uh, that has been sold to us all the companies that's getting together to make sure that you're buying more you're buying more clothes you're clicking more pictures and you're getting bored faster so you buy more again Uh, i think we need to have a shift in this mindset altogether where uh, uh, being affluent is sort of looked at in a very different way maybe peace happiness uh, that's something i know it's hard because you have seen uh, we have had conversations with a lot of leaders who say you know the world leaders like the us and everybody have lived their life and why shouldn't asian come you know asian countries who are growing now who are becoming rich now live the same life just because somebody did a mistake doesn't mean you have to follow and do the same mistakes right and uh, quite frankly nietzsche 
can live without us, but we will not be able to live without nature. And that's something that we have to learn. So we will learn to coexist. We can be rich, but we don't have to show this. Uh, additionally, in India, uh, as as middle class specifically, there's a pressure of the society where you have to show them much more than you yourself would feel happy about. You have to show them how rich you are, how, ma- how many degrees you have, what are you achieving through the car, through through everything that you buy and travel. I think slowly, I really hope it's something that we talk about too in topology and at schools and colleges. We have to change this idea of success. Success is about being content, being yourself, loving yourself and being at peace. Have that money, but do something that makes you happy instead of wanting to make others around you happy, which will never happen anyways. Absolutely, well said. So what are the conscious consumerism trends that have caught on in India? One, I would say it started off with the zero waste uh, thought process that has sort of caught on. Uh, then again, uh, zero waste is something that that stresses a lot of people around because the idea of zero waste is to not generate any waste. That is not what zero waste is. Zero waste is even the waste that you generate, you're able to recycle or you're able to compost to do or make something else with it. Circular economy. That's one thing that has really caught on. And we have a lot of youngsters who are coming and trying to live a zero waste lifestyle. Then there is the minimalism, which has caught on again, which I feel uh, was in India way back, which we rejected. Uh, all the yogis and the sadhus, then that's what they would do, that they would live a life of simple food, simple lifestyle, and minimalism is something that's come back. There's also veganism that is uh, growing tremendously in India, if you see. That, that again, I would say, is conflicting the Indian mind a lot, because we're used to the ghee, the milk, the sweets, everything that's made from it. And uh, we have the younger folks who are saying, you know, this is not... Uh, right so this is another trend that's caught up but i feel uh, veganism also needs to have its own evolution in time uh, and we will come to settle somewhere so these are the things that's really evolving and then another one is uh, being very conscious conscious of what you buy where does it come from what is it made of and who makes it so that's a trend that's that's catching on and we really love it fair trade and uh, equal pay for everybody and equal rights. So, so let's let's uh, look at another interesting area. This is the intergenerational conflict, which is so much a, a part of our society. Right? Uh, what difference have you observed between the consumption behavior of young Indians compared to that of middle-aged ones or seniors? The young, uh, the younger generations are very very open. Uh, for them, caring for the environment and being. Uh, work that way is something that is very second to their uh, their personalities so they are more open to it they're more open to conversations they want to see how they can change the habits and what they can do to be more eco-friendly uh, whereas in the middle uh, middle age and the senior there's a mix so there's one uh, one side who is looking at their children uh, grow up and being very eco-friendly and they want to make sure that they're supporting their children and giving them a better future. Uh, Then there's another set which refuses to believe that it's a problem and they just want to be left alone to live their lives. I don't blame them too because they're a generation who has worked really hard, right? At that time, it was the complete growth phase. 
opportunities were low jobs were low they had to go figure it out they had to travel across to even make a living to settle for you know settle and have good things for their kids so for them now to change and look at it differently is really hard so um, the younger generations are extremely open to it and i really love that because they're open to conversations not just about the environment even about uh, you know even about the society the social justice that's there and i really think we are we are in very good hands india is in very good hands i couldn't agree more you know uh, one of the reasons i started this podcast is because i looked at my students in my institutes and i really felt this huge surge of hope despite all the uh, things that are happening around us in our society and i ex you echoed my sentiment i think we are in really good hands with the next generation ashada there was another report that i want to quote Uh, which released last year and this one was by capgemini research institute that said sustainability has risen up the consumers agenda 79% are changing their purchase pre- preferences based on social responsibility inclusiveness or environmental impact my question is do you think the shock of the covid-19 crisis has helped bring about an attitudinal change again a yes and a no uh, is the answer yes because uh, people are more aware that when when humans interfere with nature there's a possibility that it's going to hit back and some things might not work out well so they have to be conscious additionally they became very health conscious so when you become health conscious it's organic uh, veganism and uh, all the products that again comes from nature and very much influenced by how it's grown uh and also they saw a lot of laborers who went through really tough times right so they didn't want to be a part of this uh you know part of this harmful effects that's been causing not just the environment to laborers too so the way they buy has changed they want to know whether the company is paying the laborers well whether they're testing on animals or whether you know where their food is coming they want to know all of it they want to know what what is the source of what i'm buying that is great because they have urged a lot of brands to change a lot of brands to change the way they make products the way they sell products that is amazing a no because there's a chunk who feel that life is short uh, you know i might we saw in covid that we lost a lot of uh, our loved ones too and they felt that you know i cannot worry like i cannot keep worrying about anything else i just have to live my life so we also saw a rise of a lot of use of disposables that which led to you would see a lot of masks a lot of you know hand sanitizer just thrown away everywhere without a thought to it and a lot of disposable too in terms of food that is being ordered and uh, they want to dispose so there's both i would say absolutely So tell us about your journey from NRI couple to becoming the founders of Topology. Uh I feel NRI uh I think we were just Indians quite frankly who who went there with taking India with us and then coming back and realizing where is the India we took along with us anymore. So we came back to Bangalore from Jakarta Indonesia and it was shocking uh, live literally Uh, Rahul is from Dharwad, North Karnataka, and I'm from Bangalore. And it was shocking for us to see the amount of trees that's being cut down in the name of development. And I would say in the name of development because the the projects are still not finished till date. <laughs> so and also the plastic that has been thrown 
everywhere and everybody fighting with each other saying whose responsibility it is to take away from the and it it was an epiphany very frankly because we spoke about how much we loved nature how much we loved to trek but never realized that we were the problem too so that's when we realized okay we have to spend the rest of our lives just making a difference we have spent 29 years being a problem it's about time we become the solution too and uh, we started living our eco friendly life and we extended it to start a company called apology so we can help others to become eco friendly realizing that it's accessibility and affordability the issue that people are not becoming eco friendly uh, eventually we have evolved a lot i call uh, apology the millennial company because we are constantly evolving and everybody is trying to understand what we are trying to do uh, <laughs> so i keep saying you know we are somebody who don't like to be put in a box we started off as retailers then we moved to manufacture newspaper pencils now during the covid we had to shut down our manufacturing unit uh, but we got the opportunity to work with waste so we have made awards with recycled tetra packs we have uh, you know we have we work with seed paper a lot to bring printables we also do product innovation a lot to see if how we can convert any product into a zero waste or a multi purpose so that's where we are at and uh, what kind of products do you retail other than the ones that uh, you mentioned and how do you source them so um newspaper pencils which we were manufacturing before now we sort of source it from our friends who still manufacture uh, in india because we believe that we also want to aid others grow and we don't want some of people to shut down their business so we continue to have that product we also work with uh, seed paper printables from wedding cards to invites to name tags to product tags and all that so these uh, seed paper we source it from jaipur where there's a manufacturer and who helps us keep the uh, keep the costing low so the masses can have then we have uh, recycled tetra pack awards which we just started last year and is doing really well uh, and we love how people are very uh, open to it and uh, also want to imbibe and see how they can bring a change we also make journals which are made of recycled paper and seed paper again a zero waste product and uh, we have some home decor products that's coming up with waste which we shall be launching soon sounds very interesting uh, do your customers come from a specific geography or from across the country and are they generally do they fall under any particular age bracket so we cater to uh, all the cities in india and we have also worked with clients in singapore canada and us Uh, who sort of source our uh, products and resell them or uh, give access to the citizens there so um i wouldn't say that geographically we are very constrained we are very open because our idea is to make it accessible to as many people it's not topology we want everywhere we want these products to be everywhere so there are more people who are becoming eco friendly per se age category yeah i would say the mostly women <laughs> surprisingly not surprisingly i would say we have this discussion a lot that somehow women are more prone to becoming eco friendly and adapting it really fast uh, i think that discussion we should have some other time <laughs> another podcast altogether no i mean it just speaks volumes about their sensitivity and awareness i think about time the men also felt the same ashraf <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i mean i couldn't agree more with you the so, um, age wise i we cater to uh, about 13 year olds 
buying per se if you if you take it it's 18 year old otherwise it's a 5 year old to a 45 to 50 year old that we sort of cater to and we're trying to make a dent in every category as much as we can because we want to showcase this is not the only way you can think eco friendly there's also this way there's also this product uh, you know just showcasing different avenues for them to become eco friendly so what's next for Dopolgy? And also you must uh, tell me how you arrived at the name. It's D-O-P-O-L-G-Y, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Dopolgy, we come from a sales and marketing background. So we're very, uh, we know people come and talk to us only when they're very curious. So we wanted a really cool name. So that's how Dopo, Dope became Dopo. And uh, like I, I have told throughout the podcast that being eco-friendly is a journey. So it's like an ecology, biology, like it's a continuous study that you do and a journey that you take. And that's why it was, uh, we wanted to name it Dopology, but thanks to the technology and uh, the domains, we had to let go of an O and that's how it became D-O-P-O-L-G-Y. And what's next for it? So um, we have a lot of plans, quite frankly. Uh, One is we want to set up another retail chain. by the name, The Waste Company, which sort of would have all the products that's made from waste. Uh, This is our thought because there's a lot of smaller entrepreneurs who come to us asking to sell their products. We felt that would be a better avenue because the messaging is quite clearer and we would be able to spread it, making it accessible to everybody. Uh, At Dopology, we are working very hard to make products from waste. We want to become a product design and solution-oriented company that that sort of gives you solution that's made from waste from any for anything that you would need. So that's where we are heading at. Fascinating. And here, here's a question that I ask all my guests. Why do you do this work? Being being in becoming an entrepreneur was a dream. Uh, when I was 21, I would tell everybody that I would become an entrepreneur eventually. I didn't know what. Uh, but becoming an uh, ecopreneur, I think, was destiny uh, because I was meant to do something that would uh, that would impact the environment and the people in a very positive sense. And uh, I continue to do it because I feel great uh, at the end of the day, knowing we have impacted a change in so many people and impacted a change and done so much good things for India. Uh, recently, I've added another thing to it. Uh, wherein I want to inspire as many younger people to get into business around environment. Like quite often, entrepreneurs who work around environment are are deemed as NGOs, uh, and they're not. And everybody, every student we speak to, say you either have to be very rich, or you know you don't have to think about money for you to become an ecopreneur, which is not true. We are a for-profit social enterprise, and I want to change that mindset and also tell them that it's good. It's good for you to be in a business that thinks about the environment. Akshata, thanks so much for being on the show. There can be no greater priority than balancing economic aspirations with sustainability. So thank you for a very illuminating conversation. Thank you so much, Ashraf. I really urge everybody to start your eco-friendly journey today. If you need anything, do uh, connect with us uh, on Instagram or Facebook, D-O-P-O-L-G-Y. Even if it is for just a conversation, we are open to it. Great. Thanks so much, Akshita. Thank you so much.
Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-M-A-T-T-E-R.in for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-W-E-R and All Indians Count that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in Catch you again soon. Music